Well, 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 welcome. <laughs> what just happened? Welcome to Sleeping on Sunday, oh. effectively episode two. Yes, amazing. Two. And uh, we are here and we're talking about identity. I- identity. 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 And here's the thing. We talked about Easter last week or last month. Last it was episode. Last fun, episode, It yeah. was a fun conversation mm-hmm. because it's not something I talk about all the time. I mean, it happens all the time, every year, but I don't... Happens every day, but once a year. So confusing. If you want to know more about that, go listen to that episode. Yes, go listen to it. We got something even more confusing to talk about oh, today. Yeah. Well, my name is Jeff Allen. This is Dave Merrill. Hey, guys. Uh, Maddie Denton is here. Hello, and hello. we are excited to talk with you today. So join the conversation all, on our, all our socials, and uh, we're going to run with this. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah, so... You kind of teed us off a little bit, but we're in the middle um, of a series right now where we're kind of focused on this idea of identity. Um, And so we wanted to take some time to expand out this conversation a little bit further and talk about like why this is an important question, especially as people who um, are navigating faith in a church context um, and, you know, what it looks like for us to actually... um, embrace our identity or even begin the process of uncovering it. So one of the first questions, Jeff, that you kind of threw out that I appreciated is, you know, we can talk about identity for this whole episode and it could be great, Mm. but it will be, it will be great, but (laughs) we might never get to this point, which I think we should lead with, which is why identity is important in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like why does it matter that we have a sense of understanding of who we are? Um, and why, why do we need to think about it? Yeah. And when you asked that question, it immediately made me come to the realization of like, regardless of whether we're able to answer that question, or not, like may, this may be the answer, is that like the reason it's important is because all of us, everyone, regardless of faith background or not, are seeking to be identified as right. as someone or something or a part of something bigger than ourselves. So maybe the most important thing for us to do today is to unpack like, uh, like what's behind that? Mm. Like it's an important question because we're all wrestling with it. Yeah. Right. And so like, what's, what, what are we trying to get at when we identify as part of a group? And then we can like even take it a little further and like, uh, you know, some scriptural references to who, who we say we are mm-hmm. and how that right. can be confusing and misconstrued by church sometimes. Um, I think that could be cool. Yeah. 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 I think we all want to identify as unique and with other people. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if that makes sense at all, but probably doesn't i don't think identity yeah. makes a ton of sense <laughs> sometimes no, i sometimes. think that makes sense because it yeah. feels very much like that therapy kind of um ad that mm. i gained which is not living in a space of like either or but both and yep like identity both matters and in some ways doesn't matter um <laughs> depending on how you approach it like i think it matters because like you said we all want to be a part of something and we exist in a society that places identities on us, whether we intend to embrace them or not. Um, And we place those on other people. Like that's part of how we relate to one another. And so I think learning our relationship to identity is important because it changes how we interact with people. And at the same time, I think we can get caught up in spending too much time trying to curate an identity that we're not actually just existing. That's what you mean. I was, I was, I was disagreeing with the, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> because I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I think it always matters. It's just like the vantage point with uh, which we're coming at it from. There's a healthy. Yeah. I think that there's a healthy way to like understand and 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 uh, embrace identity. And then there's a 
a way that humanity often does <laughs> in a very unhealthy fashion where we, um, we put, I don't know, expectations or on ourselves or on others that lead to anxieties or worry or uh, exclusion, if you mm-hmm. would, you know, mm-hmm. if you would. And yeah. I think there's a, a way that leads us in the opposite direction. Yeah, that, sort of what we, is identity and what do you, what's your identity and what are you going to do with it? Like what, it's a tool, right? In a way. Yeah. Yeah. It can be. I don't know. That's just a random thought. No, it's right. Not something we discussed ahead of time. No, it's not. <laughs> no, but I think, I think, it's, think that's I think good. It's, let's go off book, okay? Since <laughs> we're running off Our script. book is like 10 bullet notes. So yeah. we have to go off book a little bit. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, It also makes me think about like being in a church, the conversation around identity is important to have because sometimes we see this expectation um, of conformity Mm -hmm. within our identity versus recognizing like the way in which who we are can integrate into a community of faith and add something. Um, And it makes me think of like my time in like other ministry areas where like every person felt like a replica of their mentor. Like you become someone else and you take on that identity because we're all supposed to have like our identity rooted in Christ. Um, But I don't think that that means you give up who you are. I think you begin to see more of who you are actually come out in that process. Right. That's the fascinating part for me. So the, the unhealthy part that we were just talking about is this, this thing that has happened in churches, and this is exactly why we call it sleeping on Sunday, right? Like people mm-hmm. are becoming disenchanted with church, but I think it's because of this. It's because of this the idea that we have to conform to some some belief set, some pattern, some behavior, whatever it is um, that uh, allows us to be in, that mm-hmm. allows us to fit in. And when really, like what we're here to say is like, hey, we think it's actually deeper than that. We, I think that this idea of integrating uh, what God or who God calls us to be or love or whatever, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. the being of divinity over all of us, um, energy, I don't care. Um, there's something there that we can integrate into and still be fully ourselves right? without sacrificing who we are, or our, our unique personhood. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, because I think... I mean, I would imagine, and I don't want to give like give away the end at the beginning, but I think that there's something to be said that I, we would probably experience more of that like divine love through individuals being themselves through the lens of integrating it into right. their lives instead of everyone just being the same and like really narrowing what we understand of what I'll, what I'll, I'll call God. Yeah. And that also, I mean, even in listening to you explain that, when we think about if we were to even take this conversation outside of uh, like spiritual sense yeah i mean that's a lot of what the ongoing conversations around identity in our society are rooted in right is this idea that no one is a monolith and that you have all these intersecting identities that each of us carry um that we can use to both empathize with one another and also to support and to encourage to uplift um and to kind of elevate each other um and I think that in that way, it's something to embrace. So if we think about that, even in our faith as well, like each of us have something unique to bring to the table that we can learn and see more of God through the other person um, when we recognize the ways that we're the same and the ways that we're different. It's really good because I feel like just like everything, it, it, things are way more simple than we make them out to be. That's hmm. a that's a really like what you just said is sort of a message that a lot of us were taught growing up, like there's only one of you. And if there were, if you were all the exact same, what a boring world this would be. You know, do you remember those lessons as mm-hmm. a kid? That's sort of what it is in a, in a way, like what you're saying. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, Maddie. I like, I like that. I'm curious. We didn't really talk about this or even plan on um, speaking this, but 
as we talk, start talking about identity, it might be have some good handholds to come back to. Is, are, are there any things like, if I just say like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say, well, what, what do you, who do you identify as? What is like, what, what do you identify as? Like mine is I instantly go to, I'm a dad. Mm. Like, I think that that's my yeah. first thought. So I do that too. As an Enneagram four though, I don't like that. I do that. Like, I don't want to be like you said earlier. I don't want to be pigeonholed into yeah. that's what you, you are. but you just identified yourself as an Enneagram four. That's right. So there you that's go. A yeah. good point. <laughs> Your yeah. first thing was you thought through the Enneagram of like, Oh, I'm a four and you I'm do a four. And I know you like you do it often. It's like, I do. Oh, I'm a four. We do that on staff a lot. Yeah. The reason is because I, the reason is because we want to be understood. That's yep. right. Yeah. That's right. What do you identify as? Um, I think my first reaction is to go to all of the like societal identities I know that I carry. Um, and I think some of this is like being in seminary right now too. It's a constant reminder of like what posture I hold in the world, right? So I think of I'm a straight, cis, white woman um, that is also an Enneagram 8 and <laughs> loves book talk and um, is obsessed with, you know, pop culture and knowing what's going on in the world. Like All of that is your first thought? I have a lot of thoughts that come along. <laughs> you're, clearly that, in, you're clearly in seminary. That running list is so lumped together in my head that when I think of like identity, I immediately think of like the posture that I hold yeah. in society. So it's interesting. So like I, even just hearing you guys say that, like I think it gives me some clarity on this original question of like why it's important, mm -hmm. right? Like the reason, why do I identify as a dad? Well, I identify, as a, I identify as a dad because it helps me understand who I am like my role or my responsibility, like, mm. oh, I know that through that lens, like dadhood means this to yeah. me. And so like I identify that to better understand myself and like you were saying, Jeff, to better be understood by others. What's right? your social bio say? Like my social bio might give it away what I am. I don't know. Oh, what that, yeah. oh I don't know, I don't on your Instagram. Means. Hang on. Yeah. Like oh, pull I'm, up your Instagram. I, don't I think, think I have one. Mine is um, young adults pastor with gathering now. Yeah co-host of my podcast and then it's reader eight wing seven and pup mom because my dogs are real cute and i take that role very seriously i don't think i, I think mine's dave merrill you're just dave merrill that sounds about right mine yeah. is musician videographer podcaster mental health advocate enneagram for isfp host of simple mental health click the link simple mental health.me it's not there i just threw that in because oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah he's an entrepreneur yeah um, yeah, so that's, mm -hmm. that, that's interesting to me is like, and we do that, we do all of that. We put those titles upon ourselves so that, and I, my theory, and this could just be a thesis that we break apart at the end is like, my theory is that is so that we can belong, that we can belong to some mm. group. Yeah. Is there, you think there's any <laughs> basis for that or? Sure. I want to be seen as a creative clearly, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Musician, videographer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then if you look at like the pictures I post. I'm a dad. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that, I mean, I think it's a huge thing. And I think using social media as an example is a fun one too. Um, because I think one of the downfalls of social media when it's not used properly or within healthy relationship is we spend all of this time like curating an identity online that doesn't exist in real life. There's something really um, performative about how we show up in the world um, sometimes online and sometimes in person. And I figured that out um, over quarantine, right? When mm -hmm. I stopped having to show up as a certain version of myself because I couldn't leave my house. Who who was I? What did I like to do? How was I filling my time? Like, it took me a solid month to realize I had no hobbies. Um, <laughs> right, no, no, that's, <laughs> that's for real. real. Because, I left because it's true. Because yeah. I my whole identity was tied up in 
what I did for work, even in my bio, like it's all kind of related back to the things yep. that I do. Um, and so part of like, like you said, why is it an important question? I think on one hand is because we need an understanding of who we are to know who we're called to be and what we're mm. called to do. And I think for me, the reason my like social posture pops up is because I think I see my as like a faith leader or as a faith person, my ability to love someone more fully is also recognizing the ways in which like I show up in spaces yeah. that are mm -hmm. amongst others so that I can make sure that I'm like navigating that appropriately. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really, uh, I think that's fascinating. I think the idea, I think, well, I just lost my thought. Go, keep going. I keep going that. with what you're saying. So, we talked about it was a system that was devised to understand each other and we could be together. Where was I going with that? Oh, and then our social, and the, the, oh, the idea of our social, there it was. Mm -hmm. So the idea that we put this thing on social media of who we think that we are expected to be, or maybe who we, you know, I don't know, long to be, or we want to be seen as. And I, I would love to get to the bottom of like how, how true that is versus, uh, or maybe how, maybe the, the detriment of that. Versus this understanding that we were talking about over lunch earlier of uh, of like the healthy version of that because like, our longing, which is inter interesting to me, is to be part of something, right? Mm -hmm. We were saying that just a minute yep. ago, but yet we want to distinguish ourselves through right. these things on social media and like set ourselves apart to be seen in this like I don't know better than or elite mm. or social place, and so the two have a very different destination. One is like, I want to separate myself from and stand out against. And the other is I want to be a part of something bigger and better. What's interesting about what you just said, and I, I feel like there's a question there, but this is what I'm thinking of is, um, I think this is that funny tension for people who are trying to figure out what space there is for them at the table when it comes to Jesus and when it comes to the church, right? Yeah. Because we want to be a part of something and yes. we're taught that, you know, Jesus teaches that we, our identity is rooted in that relationship, right? That all, everyone has a seat at that table, that that is who we're called to be. And yet there's also this aspect of scripture that talks about this idea of being set apart, of being in the world and not of it, of mm -hmm. like being in the group that does things differently. And I think we, we take that in the way that you've presented it, which is the way the world presents it to us, which yeah. is that those two things are mutually exclusive Yeah. Um, versus yeah. recognizing that like to be in the group is to have a seat at the table, that they're the same thing. And that actually being more welcoming is the like radically different thing to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're saying this, this saying the same thing. Uh, you're saying it more profoundly than, than me. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, well, I don't know how we go with this. We've been, we're in this series, right? And so mm -hmm. Pastor Matt, our, our pastor of our, the church that we all work at, guys, he was just talking about how, and I think this ties, because I want to get somewhere to the, the idea of found, the love is the foundation, but I, yeah. this idea he was talking about, we are immigrants or strangers. Like the scripture clearly states that, you know, we are called to be immigrants or strangers, and how he put it was, we're called to be weird in this world, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And Maddie, you were saying something over lunch about it, is it that, like that, how that strikes you or no? Yes, do you remember that? Perhaps, can you <laughs> expand on that? I, it'll come to me, but I mean, we were talking a little bit. Well, here's what it, here's, I guess this is oh, what we said. Oh, I think I see what you're saying. But you say your point. 
Yeah. So what I was going to say is like the idea of like the church, when it comes to being immigrant or stranger, the idea of the church in today's society is very different than I think how it was, how it was understood to be. Like the church has made it like we have to stand out and be different from the world. We have to be better than and separate ourselves from and exclude those who might taint or mm-hmm. uh, misguide the understanding of, of God. When really that the intent of scripture or what God is trying to do is saying, listen, no, you have a foundational home to return to. You're not trying to get to a destination nation where you are all of a sudden better. You were made (laughs) perfectly. Like I designed you perfectly and I'm returning you to an original home, which is your identity. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, I think that's what we're. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. So one of the thoughts that I had with this whole idea, um, of having this, this core foundation of identity, um, is the fact that it gives us the bandwidth, um, to actually figure out who we are and like who we want to be. Um, Cause I just think about how, like, I feel like I'm constantly going through these cycles um, of rethinking and reimagining the identity of myself that I put out into the world, right? Okay. Like what clothes I'm wearing, how I'm running my accounts, how I'm showing up in certain spaces to see what feels like it fits. Um, because sometimes it can feel as though like I'm a stranger within myself. Like I don't know myself because I'm figuring it out as I go. Um, and I think the reason that that is even possible for me is because at the foundational root of all of that is the core foundation that I am inherently loved that like my identity is rooted in the fact that I am a loved being. Um, and so I can try stuff out and see if it works and see if it feels right without it being something that is a detriment to my identity. Sure. If that makes sense. Like layers of identity too. Yeah. And like, it's almost like, as you grow, as you're growing up and like outgrowing clothes where it's like, Oh, time to, to, I outgrew this part of my identity. Let's try something else. Yeah. Which I think is fair and ever changing. That's how my faith life works too. And my faith life informs my identity. So it's going to always be changing. Right. With, and what what I love about that, the idea of this foundation of faith is it doesn't keep, I feel like without that, we keep narrowing in on our identity. Like you say, we're Mm -hmm. trying to discover like who we are in our own skin. That's how you talked about it earlier is like, we, I feel like we want to pigeonhole exactly who we are. And so like, I'm a dad, I'm a dad who likes to play sports. I'm a cool, you know, like you just kept narrowing it, narrowing it, narrowing it to figure out who I am. And I think in, in our efforts to do that, there's an unhealthy, this is the unhealthy side of it is that there's this unhealthy, uh, it's almost the exact opposite of what uh, of what our identity was intended to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and this could be wrong, but I'm just going to say it. Like our identity was in, intended to unite us a, as as humanity, mm-hmm. right? Like the original foundation of this idea of like, hey, you're just a you're a loved being, and exactly who you are is exactly who's welcome. And there's no like amount of sacrifice that you need to make on on the behalf of you know the gods or the beings or who, who, to, to, to be included. Right. And so be comfortable in your own skin. And so what that does, mm-hmm. what I'm getting to is it, it, it's, it frees us from this like little level of anxiety or worry or performance that we try to put on in order to be, <laughs> to be somebody else. Yeah. To, to, right. to, to fit in. Well, I can see like the pieces of identity that you're talking about. Like really there, there's these, these pieces that we, think are cool and want to be like, I want to be this musician and this cool podcast guy or something. But meanwhile, there are like layers that just, it just is who I am. Yeah. Like Dave, like you, you know, you are just a hardworking guy who loves his family. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, 
uh, I am a person who tries to include people or I, I'm mm-hmm. a kind person. Like mm-hmm. this is who I am. That's, I mean, I wouldn't put that in my bio for Twitter or whatever, but it is probably more true than me being a, an Enneagram four or me being yeah. a, a videographer or me being a musician. Well, you go ahead. I would say, well, and I also think playing off what you're saying too, like, I think you're right without a like baseline understanding that gives us the flexibility to explore who we are. Um, we try to force ourselves into um, things that don't fit. It reminds me of whatever the, I think it's the story of uh, David. I heard a sermon on this once that I loved um, like David and Goliath. And when he goes to fight Goliath, you know, Saul's like putting all or the King's putting all his like armor on him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, these don't fit. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> is that me? Like the line that has always stuck out to me is like, these clothes don't fit. Like I can't put someone else's identity on myself like I have to have a common baseline understanding of who I am. Um, and it makes me think of like that open fist, closed fist example as well of, you know, if I have a tight grip on who I am, then if that ever lets go, I lose everything. But if I'm comfortable just holding it upright in my palm, things can come and go and I still am who I am. Yeah. Yeah. As the great philosophers 38 special said, hold on loosely and don't, don't let, let go. go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are great. Um, yeah, I think that's cool, but I, I think we'd be, uh, we'd be missing something if we didn't also point out that I don't want it to feel like, Oh, you're just a human who's loved and that's how you identify as, and that's who you need to be. Right. Right. So like, I think what we're, I think what we's saying is that that's a found, that is a foundation upon which you are built upon. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you uniqueness is like so instrumental to this world. It frees us to be unique with how, without having to be separate or other from everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, I, I, anybody who's listening to this, I hope that you're encouraged to be like, these people are just saying another version of what church has always said is I have to be this one thing. No, I think we're just mm-hmm. stating the reality that, Hey, you are human and God's not looking for you to perform in any, yeah. in mm-hmm. any way, shape or form. We want to kill that notion of if you've ever felt like that or said like you, you don't fit in or belong to a community that is trying to pursue, uh, you know, Right. Understanding of faith or God, uh, you absolutely do exactly in all of your, uh, mm-hmm. your uniqueness. Yeah. That, that makes me think of, um, one of the other sermons in this series, which is this idea that we are God's handiwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of that conversation about this idea of being whole and yet still being something that is constantly being transformed and constantly growing. Yeah. Um, that there are shifts that happen throughout our life, right? That we have this baseline foundation of who we are. And yet as we grow and just mature as people, like our interests change, our passions change, things evolve. Um, And so we are still whole people throughout that entire process. And yet there is this freedom of transformation that happens where we get to continue to uncover new, like you said, layers of who we are and who God created us to be. And we get to live into different passions and try different things, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I think we stated it earlier. You are completely incomplete or mm-hmm. like how our buddy Martin says, you're forever unfinished. Like we have the, when you think about the idea of handiwork, I think of craftsmanship and I, and you might not know this about me, but I used to like whittle all the time. So I used to whittle and make things and like those projects are never done. Like I could tinker on those things forever. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's a new way I want to take that thing. And I set it down and come back to it later. And there's always something else, some new groove to be created. And I think that's true of our lives as well as like, I'm, <laughs> If we're doing this right, 
we have never arrived. <laughs> if we're doing this right, there's more to us. There's more that we can learn, more ways we can grow. And I think having that foundation of love that we talked about earlier to come back to and build upon only helps us to be a better version of ourselves. Yeah. And I believe, I have to believe that that's what God intended for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we want you just to be the best version of yourself, not, uh, not kind of strip away who you are in order to be what is acceptable to God. Right. Yeah. 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 I love that. Week, uh, another one of the series, parts of the series, though, was uh, this idea of new creation. And I know mm-hmm. we all kind of sunk our teeth into this <laughs> when yeah. we were talking about what we were going to talk about. Um, like, the idea of, like, because we say that, you know, Scripture says that we have to become a new creation. What what does that mean? What Do we have, the question, I guess, is, like, do we have to become something completely new? mm are we talking about being unique after we've been transformed into something else? Are we talking about being unique, uniquely me now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about that? Like, what does it mean to be a new creation? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. If you break down, like, the uh, the scriptures always talking about God makes things new. Mm-hmm. Not God changes you into something different, and then now you're something new. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like what you are becomes new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing to say. I'm making a face for those of you listening. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if yeah. I'm tracking with what I'm saying myself, but Yeah. We're unpacking this as we I go. just mean like I I just I just think God does what God does with you, not not he doesn't throw you out and and bring something new in. You are still you, but new. Yeah, I think of it almost like amplified. Right. Right. Like this idea, not necessarily of me scrapping everything that makes me me in order to fit into whatever image God has for me because I was created in the image that God had for me. It's more of like over time uncovering those things um, to become that amplified version of myself. Um, Because I, I mean, I would argue, and we talked about this even earlier too, like who I am now is different from who I was when I was 18. Like I am a, a different version of myself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, and that has been a progression of finding these new passions or realizing I don't really love this thing or, um, investing in this area of my life or unpacking things in therapy so that I can come out on the other side, a different version of myself. Like I think that transformation makes me new, but it also changes the way that I relate to other people which can create something new even in that space as well. Like my being a new creation creates room for us to create this new thing together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Something you said at the beginning of that, uh, you said you realized, and it made me think about like who I am, who Dave Merrill is without any entity out there is based on my, my nature and my nurture. Like I just, I am this person and I'm hard pressed to, to believe that there's a God out there who is absent from that, whether I understand or believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of a a realization of who we are is really just an identification of God moving in and through us before we, (laughs) before Mm. we even knew it. Um, so I love, I love the idea that you are being made new. Yeah. You're a new creation, but you also, you were a creation that was already we're already fully within, I mean, within ourselves, I have, to, I believe that we, we are full and we're complete 
because of the work of Christ. I, I believe yeah. that. And it's just too unfathomable for us to capture all at once. And so as we grow and come to understand the world and we see love mm-hmm. uh, start to define the spaces around us, we start to realize how full and whole we are all along the way. Mm-hmm. And so it's this journey that keeps happening over and over instead of this like one time I'm saved mm-hmm. forever. Like, oh, and, and now I'm identified as right. as God's. No, 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 no. You've been God's the whole time. It just takes us a little longer to understand it. Right. Some of yeah. us than others. And even when you get there, you're not done yet. Yeah. You're not done yet. There's so much more within you that has been designed from the beginning. And rede- like we said, your new creation are redeemed, like we were saying earlier, that we're just now opening, our eyes are being opened to. Mm. Yep. I love that. Ooh. You said we're being made new, right? Like mm. we're not just new. It's a process. Yeah. Um. Part of that process makes me think of also this idea that God deems us um, redeemed people, right? Like I think part of that transformation of self and that ongoing journey is recognizing um, that even the parts of ourselves that we dislike the most are not just redeemable, but redeemed. Oh, come on. Right? <laughs> like, like we are often harder on ourselves um, and the image that we think, how we think of ourselves and people are of us because there's stuff that we carry um, that we have a hard time letting go of and yet God has already let go of it. And I think understanding that frees us up again to see different versions of ourselves. Because we set our expectations from a world filled with people who are insecure and so they set these expectations for right. others to separate and distinguish themselves as something better than what they understand themselves as. Um, all right, I'm going to pose this question because we talked about it and it led to some, I thought, fascinating conversations. So, great. We are, we have an identity and sometimes it can lead to our separation from each other. And sometimes it can lead to our coming together. And, but I posed the question, uh, at, at this lunch, I said, okay, then what is, what's, what, what's this whole deal with? Like, imagine if we, as a, uh, <laughs> as earthlings were attacked by like, I don't know, uh, an alien force from a different planet. And we kind of all agreed that like when in those moments, in those moments that we all find this unity, we, and like all of a sudden, like all of who we are, like we drop our barriers for the most part because now we have a common enemy, mm. right? And so Maddie, I believe you, you had some really interesting stuff to say that because we started comparing it to 9-11 as well, but yeah. <laughs> Let's go to 9-11. <laughs> you, but you, you took yeah. it there. You no, took no, it, no. You, I you mean, it, it makes uh-huh. sense. It's not so much about, yeah. It's, yeah. About, yeah. it's about like a identifying in like so yes. there's some kind of unity or or false unity that comes mm-hmm. from uh from hardship right and so I, as i as we come to identity like you could perceive that as healthy and it might not be healthy. right so like let's break that down yeah um let me try to figure out how i started that thought so i think um again like i said earlier when i think of my identity i think of the social kind of identities that I carry that mark space that I hold when I enter into a room. And I think um, the first thing I thought of in this conversation and that example that you gave is that sometimes because we live in a world that is broken, the identities that we carry can actually pit us against one another, right? And so there are times where um, individuals within an identity might be unified, right, around a cause, and yet other identities are unified around that cause in a completely different way. That's right. Um, and it, it pits us against each other and because we're moving toward a different in vision. And so we feel as though there's this scarcity that exists where, like, if my 
group is wrong and yours is right, then I've, I've completely lost something. Like there's no way that there can be a both and in how we figure out how to move forward. Um, and I think part of that is because there's this fear that exists this in the it. world um, around loss and hardship. Um, there's like this concept of death anxiety, which is a whole other episode we could probably mm. do. But essentially this, that is the idea that we become anxious around the idea of a loss or a death of some kind. And so we project animosity or anger or aggression onto whatever gives like reminds us of that thing a person a thing whatever um and so i think when we're operating in an identity outside of christ it's really easy to be moving in that kind of a way in the world um that one is that is fueled by a fear fueled of by a loss. fear of loss so whether that is a fear of like oh my gosh this is a threat to my survival this is a threat right. to my my identity as a whole mm-hmm. most of That's the time right. yeah who i am and how i am seen and how i see myself is at threat or threatened um by your very existence even though those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive right and yet like what we see because of Jesus, right? And this idea of conquering death, conquering the grave through the resurrection is that we don't have to be afraid of that. Like God has already (laughs) taken care of it. And so therefore all of our identities can exist in an equitable kind of way. It doesn't have to be this hierarchy of identity. Um, And I think that that is something that I wish within the church we leaned into a little bit more because so often it is like church spaces or even just Christian general spaces that are driving these divisions when it comes to identity Um, because there's a threat there, but we've already claimed to have conquered that threat. So I I wonder what it looks like instead to find a way with a both and instead of either or. Yeah. I I think, let me make sure I'm saying this. Well, whether it's true or not, we'll we'll flesh it out. I, I think that it's true to say that if you ever find yourself in a space whether it's a religion or any other institution where you, where there is a group of insiders and outsiders time and time again, the example that we have and the reason I think that all three of us follow Jesus is that Jesus was saying like, no, 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 no. The, this isn't about mm-hmm. insiders and outsiders. He got mm-hmm. the most mad at the people who were in the inside club, the people who followed him, the Pharisees, the ones who claimed to follow him. And the ones that he actually embraced were those that the, the society said, no, 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 you're on the outside and you threaten anything that I believe. And right. like, you would, uh, you would change that. And so like, we have to, we have to be wary of those times and spaces where we would identify as, as the hero. And there's someone there, there's a, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, a nemesis who's there to threaten something that we have. Right. That is a false, oh gosh, careful. That is a false identity, mm-hmm. a false sense of security mm-hmm. that, that we put upon ourselves just to be safe. Yeah. When really that the foundation is. It, we would really find our identity if we could embrace the other, right? And f- find somehow uh, to to include them in this big nest of love. Yeah, I, I think it's that, for me, it's that scarcity mindset that we're kind of just fed society-wise that there is this like finite amount of something. And if you get any more of it, then I'm somehow getting less. And I think Jesus, I mean, teaches the opposite of that, that there's this infinite amount of love and space for all of us to be here. And that for you to be able to exist fully in your identity takes nothing away from my ability to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think the more comfortable we get in that foundation that is set for us, the 
better we can go and help other people set that foundation. But like we have to establish our understanding of it first. Yeah. And, and I think that it's where, uh, transformation happens right i think that when you can embrace like the when you can step toe to toe with what you're afraid of and embrace it is where you start to experience new life uh i think about my own journey of this faith life where when i first came to work at the gathering i wasn't sure if i had an inclusive stance of the lgbt community or not but then as i started working with and being among the community and realizing like oh like the message of jesus clearly is inclusive of all people that's when my life took a major shift of mm-hmm. like oh man i have been doing i've done this in not just one ways i've done this in a hundred different ways within my faith journey mm-hmm. and, and it's because that i was able to uh create space for the mm-hmm. thing that like either i had been uh not ignorant of uh what's the word where you just don't think ap- apathetic toward mm-hmm. or uh, i mean purposely like excluding it allowed me to grow and expand my understanding of love in a way that I'd never been able to before because before, you know, I had in quotes arrived. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, again, it's that open palm space. Yeah. Yeah. Just having that be there and remaining open to the fact that this is not a linear thing. Um, and that we're constantly evolving if, if we're doing it right. Yeah. So guys out there, I, I hope you, I hope you hear that. Um, I, I hope you know uh, that you, yeah, you are weird. <laughs> you're weird. You're an immigrant. You're a stranger. Great sermon on that. If you want to listen to it at gathering.org. Uh, but like this idea that you're weird and it's okay. It's yep. totally okay. It's actually embraced and then it shows us more of who God is. And mm-hmm. you are, your handiwork, you're created. You're not finished. You know, you're still being made. And uh, in, in who you are is fully enough. And it's whole. Um, And that even as you begin to explore and uncover different layers to who you are, be that um, in your interests or clear down to how you identify in the world, um, that you were created with intention and who you are is enough and who you are is is whole in that process. Beautiful. You got some scripture for us, Dave? No, I was going to, (laughs) but there's just too many of them. I mean, you could read... We'll drop some in the description. We'll put some in the description. And I don't know where we put it. Help me know where they're going to put it, but I would love... I seriously, if you're hearing this, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so where would the, Jeff, where would they put that? Do you know? Actually, like, Maddie would have a good yeah, idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, as you're listening, um, if you're listening on Spotify specifically, um, we will have some questions um, on the app and you can just fill in. We'll ask, you know, what, what do you think of identity? What, what did we miss in this conversation that you would love to hear more about? Mm-hmm. You can kind of talk back to us. Um, you can also uh, leave a comment on the post itself. If you're listening on any podcasting platform and let us know what you think um, and hit us up on social media at yep. gathering underscore now on Instagram. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I, I did find a scripture. Do Sorry. It, Dave. So this is what I'm gonna leave y'all with. It says in Colossians three, three, it says for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. I'm going to encourage you all to go out there and find it. (laughs) Face Mm. your fears. It's hidden. It's there. It's just hidden. And you guys can uncover it. So thank you guys for being here. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next month right here on Sleeping on Sunday. Bye.